Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bitch Bible Podcast. It's your girl, Jay Shimmy Shims, slobbering and bleeding all over the microphone. I just went to the dentist for the first time in 64 years. We're going to cover that because it almost, uh, it was like a root canal and a divorce, a combo platter, if you will. I am so numbed to the gods that I don't, I, my motor skills are at a two out of a 10. Before we start this podcast, I just like to use this platform um, appropriately. Instagram feels somewhat hollow to me. And typically when something terrible happens in the world, it's just not it's not my platform or it's not my conduit for support and change. And my opinion, you know, when you're hawking products and you're making out with your dog and you're showing your shitty outfits and your stupid fucking pesto recipe, I just it's Reposting a regurgitative photo doesn't feel supportive to me. What happened in Atlanta last week is fucking disgusting. Uh, the way that it is being presented and packaged in a bullshit press conference is fucking disgusting. This was an act of terror. It wasn't a white dude having a bad day and trying to eliminate the temptation for uh, his to cure his sexual addiction. Disgusting. The fact that I never knew, and most people have no idea that there was a Cambodian Holocaust not that long ago where millions of Cambodians were exterminated. The only reason I know that is because one of my best friends is Cambodian and her mother, who is like I'm obsessed with, I want to crawl inside of and have her fucking birth me, escaped by fucking foot. And it's not in any American history book. It's fucking wild. I will not stand for it. And inform yourself, do what you can to support the Asian communities because it's fucked up. It's real fucked up. And also don't do the thing where you become the main character and other people's oppression. That's another thing that we got to stop fucking doing. It is easy by default as a white privileged person to align yourself with the marginalized to it in an attempt to support them. But it actually I don't know. Something about it feels a little ick, ick 2.0. You know what I mean? You never want to be the person that's like, my best friend's Asian. Okay, cool. But you're not. So you're inherently never going to understand as much as that person does. So make it about them, not about you. That's no, nah. it's it's a little it's it's a layer of tone deaf that you that is only brought on by extreme, almost debilitating self-awareness. And that is my journey. Anyways, let's talk about the time Andrew and I almost got divorced this morning. Andrew is a hypochondriac. She's built for disaster. Uh, she loves any type of earthquake, tsunami, natural disaster, medical trauma. Everything is a worst case scenario. And it's honestly great because I'm the opposite way. I My leg could be hanging off by a thread. And I'd be like, you know what? I feel like a couple cocktails and a warm bath and maybe the skin will start to morph back together. I haven't been to any doctor in upwards of a decade I don't even have a general practitioner. My, the last doctor visit I had was on like a Tickle Me Elmo bench. Okay, Dr. Berkman. I think he's fucking dead. I can't even fit up. Like, it's like, he's like, you want a lollipop? I was like 17 years old. It's been that fucking long. You know, when they start to, when you have like full, full breasts and they're like cupping your boobs, it's, it's too late. 
When you're old enough and hormonal enough and like puberty has really blossomed to the point where you kind of start thinking that your doctor that has known you since you were out of the womb is hot, it's time to uh it's time to wrap it up and find a real, you know, an adult doctor. Anyways, so Andrew is constantly worried because he knows that I'm a little lackadaisical with all things medical. And it's not great. And I'm not bragging, but I'm just, it's just kind of in my genealogy. My grandma Gloria is someone that thinks that drawing the shades, having a glass of Cabernet and taking a scolding hot bubble bath would literally cure, you know, stage 18 cancer. Put on a movie, draw the shades, put on a pair of pajamas, take a hot bubble bath, pour yourself a glass of wine, draw the shades, make it dark, and you'll be feeling so much better in no time. It's like, um, Grandma, I have a, uh, I have a a fucking paring knife shoved up my asshole. Take a hot bath. So a couple nights ago, Andrew and I are having a romantic dinner in Malibu. Candlelit cocktails, a gorgeous truffle pizza, just a beautiful, beautiful date night. And we get home and he goes to draw me my bath. (laughs) I really am. Jesus. Apple didn't fall far from the delusional fucking tree. This is this is my truth, and I've said it before. Every night at 9.30, Andrew runs me a bath and brings me one little sliver, a pre-calculated shard of the dark chocolate intense orange lint bar. If you have if you want to blow your balls off, okay, it's a lint chocolate bar, it's intense orange. I don't know why, I don't know where, I don't know when or how I've lived without it. It is the best nightcap. I have just a little tiny square every night before bed as the grand fucking finale of a glorious or sometimes real shitty day. And it makes everything right in the world, okay? So he brings me my chocolate and then he perches down on the sofa next to me and puts his fucking hand on my thigh. And I was like, oh no, what's going on? He goes... Jackie, I have to tell you something and you're not going to be happy. And my throat closed up and my heart fell out of my asshole. So we're back to the scene of the almost crime. Andrew perched lovingly, lint chocolate in hand, stroking my upper thigh, which by the way, I didn't watch any one episode of The Bachelor uh, this season. I've been off The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Haven't watched it in years. It's just, I'm over it. You've seen them one, you've seen one, you've seen them all. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that I saw was the very huff, scissor sister adjacent Matt stroking his mother's upper thigh. People who share a bloodline, relatives, there is a certain level of the thigh that should never be touched by a relative unless it's an accident and a stroke. I kind of think that family strokes should just never happen. Even a back rub feels weird. An arm rub feels weird. A pat is fine. A stroke is a little incesty for me. Now, obviously, my cousin likes to send Andrew nudes of her fake tits and also showed up the morning after our wedding in a literal see-through negligee and got in bed with Andrew and I. But that's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. It's family. It's fine. I happen to think that's funny. However, (laughs) 
something about the leg stroke with nope, it's going to, we're going to, nope, nope. And it was just, it was getting closer and closer. And I'm like, oh my God, her vagina, especially because she's older, her vagina is probably mid thigh by now. So could you, could you not? So Andrew's stroking my thigh and he says, as previously stated, I have to tell you something and you're not going to be happy. My mind is built for trauma. Okay. I am very, I protect myself. I might be a little guarded. Okay. So I immediately go on the defense. My life mantra is that a good offense is the best, is a good defense, but I kind of do both. I'm playing defense and offense. Listen, when I was in the fourth grade, I was kicked out of, of the, uh, youth basketball league because I just took the ball from whoever and shot in whatever basket I fucking could. Literally my trophy says Jackie Rodham Schimmel. Rodman, Rodman, not Hillary, Dennis, sorry, one in the same, Jackie Rodman Schimmel. I don't really know what that reference was. You know, my dad was the assistant coach, never let me play, was so happy when I got disqualified for excess fouls. I literally broke a girl's nose on my own fucking team, stealing, (laughs) stealing the ball from her and shooting in our basket for the other team. That's what we're dealing with over here. So I'm on fucking guard. Okay. Jackie Rodman Schimmel. She's still here. She's still in my goddamn soul. So I start losing my mind. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? I automatically draw the worst conclusion, which is so bizarre because literally Andrew's never done anything to even like remotely deserve that downward spiral. You know what I'm saying? He looks at me and he says, I made you a dentist appointment for tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. And I wanted to take that lint chocolate and choke him with it. He lets out this dramatic exhale like he was just fucking drafted to go fight in Vietnam. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, well, you know, I was reading this article and we haven't been to the dentist. I I don't even know if you have a dentist and, you know, plaque buildup can get in your cardiovascular and lead to very serious heart conditions. And, you know, it's becoming a lot more, uh, common and deadly and people at a young age, uh, specifically women in their early thirties. I was reading up on some statistics and, um, you know, given that it's been a while, I thought that it would be best for us to go together tomorrow morning at eight 30. I checked your schedule and, um, I saw that you weren't doing Pilates. So I figured, uh, we would go and I did the research. The doctor is, she seems really, really nice. She's got great reviews on, you know, medical professional yelp.com. And, um, she was, uh, recently researched certified so we don't have to worry about that and I was like this motherfucker so the next morning bright and early if you don't get that listen to last week's episode that fucking sound night owl starts going off and Andrew and I go tandem to the fucking dentist and I was kind of freaking out I'm not gonna lie I have a little PTSD in the um orthodontia department. Maybe it was the adhesive headgear. Maybe it was the five years of braces. Maybe it was the fucking metal bar I had on the top of my fucking mouth. You try giving a beach with a, with a metal fucking bridge to Terabitha uh, on your, on your fucking palate. 
They used to call me Jackie Rodman Schimmel and also Jackie Double Decker Pecker Wrecker Schimmel. You're welcome. Double Decker Pecker Wrecker. And thank God Jewish girls don't give fucking blowjobs because the dentist can tell because you have a bruised palate. The more you know, cue the fucking rainbow. So we wake up the next morning and we lovingly gallivant to the fucking dentist together. And the all the while, Andrew was giving me his tips and his tricks. The fluoride king, the flosser of the Western Hemisphere. You know, it's really important. Uh, fluoride uh, plaque buildup and this, that, the other thing and any other bullshit tidbit that he found on a fucking, you know, article somewhere somehow that he's been compiling for his moment of authority to just provide wisdom and insight on dental hygiene for me. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. So we get to the dentist and we're tandem. Okay. I go first and I get glowing reviews. I have not been to the dentist in, I don't even know when the last time I was at the fucking dentist. Okay. It's been it's been a long, probably longer than I would ever publicly admit, okay? And she's telling me, your gum line is gorgeous. You have zero cavities. Everything looks perfect. You have such strong dental roots. I can't believe this. You have no plaque buildup. This is, be- I can't believe you haven't been for a, a, for a cleaning in this many years, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe you. This is miraculous. Go home and have your parents for those genetics. I walk out of there feeling like a like Jackie Crest, the heir to the Crest family fortune. I waltz out of there with a lollipop, a gold fucking sticker on my head, my little x-ray chart. See you in six months for your next cleaning. Yada, yada, yada. Andrew goes in, <laughs> is immediately, um, transported to a different floor to go see an oral surgeon because he needs a fucking root canal and go and like some type of fucking dental surgery to remove like a dead crown or I don't even fucking know. He was there for hours, hours. And I got to tell you, while I'm not looking forward to spoon feeding him applesauce and recovery, I was slipping and sliding. And if that makes me a terrible person and a terrible wife, I'm going to take it up the ass, okay? Because it just, it's like, you can't write this shit. I'm sorry if my voice seems a little hoarse. I, speaking of hoarse, um, I, I played basketball last night. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was kicked out of my youth basketball association in fourth grade um, because I had too many fouls. I would steal the ball from anyone and anything, and I would shoot in any fucking basket. And I was terrible. And my dad was the coach, and he wouldn't let me play. You know, like that whole stereotype of like the coach's daughter being like front and center. No, I was like at the very end of the fucking bench. I did some weird shit. I had this one uh, maneuver where I would do like jazz hands in people's eyeballs to try to distract them. And then I also did, I would take the basketball and then I would shove it under my jersey like a pregnant woman, like Amrata, and then run. Like I didn't understand traveling. I didn't understand sportsmanship. I just, I just wanted the ball and I just would throw it and it would just fucking 
airball. I broke someone's nose on my own team. This is why I don't do organized sports. I get way too competitive. Like something takes like demons take over my body and it's terrible. So I was playing horse last night and I was just screaming. And every time someone would miss the ball, I go, you suck. Like I just, it's something happens. Something happens. Also, Andrew and I are in a fictitious fight, so I've been singing all morning. He wrote this song that is one of my favorite songs, and it was like it's like from four years ago. And our whole joke during quarantine has been that I would like to release this song because it's you know it's something that you really got to have pipes to sing. So he had a session with Ellie Golding, who obviously you know me and her. I feel like we have similar range, um, and it just kind of felt like a slap in the face to me because it was just so dismissive of my raw vocal talent. And on the brink of the Grammy snub, you know, I think I'm obviously in an insecure place. I'm feeling a little wounded. I'm feeling a little defeated. And the fact that he wouldn't um, hold the song for me and let me release it as my lover's ballad is upsetting. So I've been singing it at the top of my lungs just to remind him what could have been. And that's my truth. And I think that I literally... I think I busted my larynx because it's like uh, something happened. Something happened. You know, Celine Dion has these problems and so does Jackie Schimmel. When you have a vocal styling that just, it, it transcends, that's what happens. I read this morning that today is the 15 year anniversary of The Real Housewives. And I wanted to pay homage because when you think about going through a rough time or just like needing to take a load off or to stare into the abyss of a television screen and drool. I think about the Real Housewives. Nothing has brought me more joy in my life. And I want to clarify, this is not a Bravo podcast. At the beginning, a little bit because I was produced by NBC Row who did Watch What Happens Live and there was like a natural... um what is it? A Venn diagram. There was an overlap. It made sense that we've, we've moved on, but like, I still must pay homage because I love all of them so much. And I was thinking about taglines and underrated and overrated taglines. I want to tell you my least favorite tagline of all time. Lydia McLaughlin, bless her. I, I, I'm not going to get into it because I just, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth this morning. Lydia was a problem for me from the fucking jump. I, I don't, I don't get any of it, quite frankly. I, I, am bamboozled. There's a magenta lip that just won't quit. The lemon drops, the woo, like it, the zany, quirky, it's a, it's too much. It's too much for me. And her, I think it was her last tagline. It really was her swan song. That was, um, if you can't handle my sparkle, stay off my rainbow. I've talked about this before. If you want to stick your head in the oven, go watch her TikTok. And, you know, I say generalizations like that, but really it gives, it gives you a good little, um, a little rush of adrenaline in the wrong ways. I like being a little bit angry. I think that it gets my wheels working and I have fun. It makes me laugh. It's hard to explain. I feel like if you listen to this podcast, maybe you understand what I'm saying, Uh, but it gets you rashy in the right way. That's the worst. One that I think is severely underrated that I quote so semi-regularly, and I realize that people don't get that it's a Real Housewife tagline, and I should probably explain. There should be a precursor before I say it. I'd like to pay homage to Lisa Wu Hartwell. Season one, Real Housewives of Atlanta. If it doesn't make me money, I don't do it. 
I say this all the fucking time and it never lands and nobody ever gets it. And it makes me really just assess and kind of judge the people around me that they don't know the great Lisa Wu Hartwell. Closet freak, excuse me, with the purple pussy bow blouse and the props on the runway. The props on the runway. Dwight was so right. Dwight was so right. Tax city. I really can't wait till the world goes back to normal. We get these vaccines in us. I love people who are like, they're chipping us. Microsoft, Bill Gates is chipping us with the vaccines. Chip me up, bitch. I don't give a fuck. I, people are very concerned about like people listening to us on their phones and the covering the cameras and getting microchipped. Uh, Leo's microchipped. I don't care about being microchipped. If it means that I get to go to a matinee and have frozen junior mints and popcorn and get on a plane and go see the fucking world, chip my ass up. I don't care. I hope they're listening to me on the phone. You're fucking welcome. Turn up the volume. Okay. Play it on loop. Use my promo code. Chip me up. The Russians are listening. Great. Hey, Russia, listen up. I'd like a crate of fucking beluga vodka. You know what Russia has? Lots and lots of vodka. Okay. So chip me, spank me, send me, inject me, give it to me. Hard and nasty, Russia. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't wait to go to a fucking music festival. You know what I used to do at the music festivals, which I just like, I forgot about these moments in time. Sometimes, listen, a girl gets bored and I would like to do a disappearing act, a Houdini, if you will, a uh, a Judini, really. Sometimes when Andrew would like get too entranced in the music and I felt like he wasn't paying attention to me, this is early days. I used to just dip and dive and like slowly get lost in the crowd and then watch him from a distance. Like if it was a particular band I wasn't that interested in, you know, a little rat tat tat or whatever, alt J, I don't know. I'm like, could we like, could we do a Janet Jackson greatest hits revival tour? Sign my ass up in NERD reunion. I don't know. I don't want to see... Honestly, I don't want to see anything at the Sahara tent. I'm out for the Sahara tent. If you don't know what the Sahara tent is, it's like the oomph, 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 oomph. And like, I don't do recreational drugs and everyone else is on Molly. And I'm just like, oh, my allergies are kicking in. So that's when Judini comes to town. So anytime I felt like I wasn't really the headliner in Andrew's personal Coachella experience, I would slowly just walk away, walk away, and then I would dip and I'd like to disappear. And I'd like to count how long it would take him to realize that I was not standing next to him. So during the Kanye West show, this is probably the 2017. I was really enjoying it, by the way, like lost my mind, had the best time. But then, you know, we're going on like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. The sun is set. I can already feel the impending sense of doom as we like have to saunter back home in the crowds of people. Very not COVID compliant. Can't even imagine doing that now. And she starts getting a little reckless. She's she's done drinking the vodka out of the plastic cup. It's 9 p.m. You know, my bedtime is 9.30. We're, the window is closing. Uh, Cinderella needs to go home. And during Jesus Walks, Jackie ran. You know, Jesus can walk. Jackie Schimmel can fucking sprint. And I just started dipping, dipping, dipping through the crowd. And I'm holding gaze on Andrew 
He listened to the entirety of Jesus Walks. It was just me and him. We had separated from our friends at this point. He was so locked and loaded on Kanye that he didn't, I could have been fucking taken, okay? I could have been held captive in a porta potty. This motherfucker didn't give one shit. He is full yeezed up. I am watching him, watching Kanye, so under, just completely, completely unaware that his future bride and the mother of his children could have been just fully, fully being raped and pillaged in the Sahara tent. I miss that, you know, Judini. I can't wait for her to come back. She's fun. Um, I'm going to talk about Imrata now. Oh, I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And now we've said it. Imrata had her baby and I'm very happy for her family. That's very exciting. Obviously it is a gift. It is a blessing. It's a beautiful thing to start a family. Um, on that tip, you know, her and her husband who, you know, had some problematic behavior that they, I guess, acknowledged and, and miraculously moved past pretty, pretty easily. Um, and that's no shade. Listen, I don't believe in cancel culture. I do think that there's extreme to have like a real societal shift Canceling someone doesn't give it it almost makes it too easy. It's like you have to allow people to show that they've changed and, you know, zooming in and zooming out are very two different lenses to look through. And I think when you cancel someone, it's just like, and you're done. It's a scene. Close the curtains. Finn. But like, how powerful would it be to actually watch and see somebody really change? And then if they don't, fuck them. But at least a little, uh, a window of like true reflection and then see what we can do from there. Because that's, I mean, I feel like that's the most, uh, I don't know beneficial and like authentic and true way of like really reprogramming the way that our society works. That's just me. Anyways, some people get a pass. Some people do not get a pass. Um, I feel like men in general, it's very funny how men in cancel culture, weather the storms versus women. And I don't know what the psychology is behind that. And one day I will explore it. But today I'd rather talk about Amrata and her Dakotot. So Emrata gave birth 11 days ago. She also has been very public about how she's not assigning her child a gender until they're 18 and they can decide for themselves. I am all, listen, I'm not just peripherally exposed to this. I actually, me and Andrew have a very close friend, uh, born a dude at age about 32, came out as a woman, is now transitioning. And it's been, you know, it's been awesome to be a part of it and, and learn about it because I constantly fuck up the pronouns, the adjectives, the, the terminology. I'm going to continue fucking up. And luckily she has given all of us and our friend group so much grace when we do fuck up. And is it's been like really eye-opening and I'm happy that I have that experience firsthand. So I get it. Okay. What I don't get... <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Dakotot. She had a baby, her baby, they, I think she's referring to the baby as they, uh, 10 days ago and posts a photo of her perfectly quaffed six pack abs, shirt undone, tits to the sky, um, posing in front of a mirror seductively as Emrata does, aka our uh, generation's Gloria Steinem. 
and says, excuse the docatot or like, don't mind the docatot. The docatot is if you're looking at a, at a portrait, OK, and there's just a tiny little pixel in the background, the docatot, you can't even fucking see. I mean, it's like, where's Waldo? Where's the docatot? It's so it's like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Cue Dion Warwick. Is it Dion? It's not Dion Warwick. Dion Ferris, I know. I know what you're doing, Emrata. I know what you're doing, yeah. And I don't think it's fair. Wow, the vocals. I mean, Ellie Golding is shaking. So she posts this obviously, uh, like, objectively hot, flattering sexy pic of her body, okay? She's wearing pajamas. It's from her pajama line. The shirt's undone. You know, we're getting full side boob, full abs, pelvic bones, obliques, all of the things. And then she writes something. I love like a diffusive, uh, like a side, like mind the docatot. Like nobody sees the docatot. The docatot is completely, you can't even see it. You know, you might see like, I don't even know what a docatot is. You see like the most minuscule shrivel of the docatot so far in the background. And it's like, once again, reminding us, yes, we know you just gave birth 10 days ago and the docatot is there and your body looks like this. And that's great. Both things can exist in the space, in the digital space. Like I'm down for a thirst trap. I have one waiting in the wings that I'm going to post probably around Wednesday. So look out for it. I had wild diarrhea this weekend. Wild. Okay. I woke up. Andrew's like, how good does McDonald's sound? I said, Andrew, this is why we're married. Okay. I haven't had McDonald's in nine years and I would literally kick a small child to the ground for just the smallest nibble of a hash brown. The smallest nibble. Yes, Postmates it, bitch. So we got the hash browns. We got the fucking pancakes. We got the McGriddle. We got the Egg McMuffin. But because I am a, not entirely, I'm only 68% tone deaf. I only showed myself eating the Egg McMuffin. Hot tip, you get it with no butter. It's not that bad for you. You say Egg McMuffin, one slice of cheese, no butter. It's practically healthy. So I woofed. I was so excited. I was like, I'm just going to have one bite of the hash brown. I inhaled. I, I, I didn't even take. I was like, I'm going to have one bite. The problem was that my one bite was the shoving the entire hash brown down my throat. Life is about balance. Okay. Did I do a 40 minute Peloton after? Of course I did. Did I also have wild, wild anal leakage all day long? Of course I did. Of course I did. It was perfect. It was the cherry on the Sunday. I was like, this couldn't be better. I got to inhale a McDonald's breakfast and have crippling diarrhea. And I had to basically seat my seatbelt myself on the toilet because it was that level. And it was fantastic. I was concave by 4 p.m. And Andrew and I were going out to dinner and I came out in an outfit that was, I mean, you know, you can only pull an outfit like this off if you've had crippling diarrhea. In my, in my state, I wore a, this is going to be unlikable, but I'm going to lean the fuck in, you know, because I am an independent woman doing it for myself with crippling diarrhea. So you should feel sorry for me. I have a Versace high-waisted legging that leaves nothing to the imagination and a coordinating crop top sports bra that I put 
underneath a patent leather blazer with a crossbody and put on a fucking strappy sandal and hit up like a suburban farm to table restaurant with my tits out. And I said to Andrew, you're going to take a picture of me. And I know we're only allowed two a year, but I need to cash in early and you're going to have to, we have to get this right now. Naturally, he took one picture. It's all I had to work with. It's fucking great. And it's coming at you hot and nasty. I love a thirst trap. I've really leaned into them lately. It makes me feel good about myself. We were having a rough day. It's not great, and there's a psychology behind it, and I could easily unplug, but, you know, we all do it. Everybody does it. It's all good. As long as we know what the psychology is behind it and we don't act like we're above it, we're all on the same wavelength here, okay? Get crippling diarrhea and hit it, hit him with it hot and nasty, okay? Emrata, you had a baby 10 days ago. Do we think that maybe, just maybe, given your long-term history of emulating Gloria Steinem and being such a voice for feminism and positive body image. And, and, you know, uh, the one that really killed me was a couple years ago. She did a birthday tribute to a friend and all bodies are beautiful, but you know, the bitch that posts the picture where you look objectively snatched, perfect, glowing hair done, contour, eyelash extensions. uh, And then, and then your friend looks like they wandered out of a swamp and then you're paying homage to their day of birth by just putting yourself front and center. It's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. And 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 she's done that. And I it's noted. And just all the, you know, my baby will reveal their own gender, but then you got a blue nursery and you come out and it's it's a he, and then you're saying it's a he. Which one is it? We just have to pick a lane. And you can write all the essays. I'll re- write them all. But maybe we just go back to hooked on phonics, back to basics and think, hmm. It's been a really difficult year for a lot of people, women in particular, women who have to work a full time job, stay home, uh, all of the things, get our bodies back, trying to feel sexy again after this pandemic and can't even imagine giving birth and then what that looks like and just being home. And maybe we don't show off the pelvic bones and the perfect perky tits 10 days after giving birth and then try to decoy it with a Docatot product placement. Maybe we just don't. And it's okay to voice that. And if Emrata is cool and gets it, then she could maybe understand why people would be a little bit miffed by it. And we don't have to over-intellectualize this. It doesn't have to be this de- that deep. It doesn't have to be a social issue. Um, we don't have to like get our shovels out and just really start scraping here. Maybe just on a simplistic level, it could be irritating for women to have that thrown at them fresh when you have a baby out of the birth canal. Maybe that's just a little bit annoying. And it's okay to say that. And it doesn't make you body shaming or 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 trying to control her sexuality or her. It, it's not that deep. Stop it. I hate when people do that. It's like gaslighting. It's like intellectual gaslighting. You throw enough big, by the way, I know because I do it to Andrew all the time. You throw enough big words at something and you make it a social issue. And then we just, we're so lost in the minutia when we can't just simply say, 
female to female, human to human. It's fucking annoying. Okay. It's fucking annoying. And that's it. You heard it here first. Oh, Vesmir. Oh, hi, Brian. Thank you. Thanks. Um, sorry, that's my UPS guy, Brian. We hook up sometimes. Looks like little Andy got another shipment of his wine collection. I fucking can't. <sighs> I accidentally opened a bottle last night that was supposed to be saved till 2032. I fucking kid you not. 2032. I'm sorry. I could be dead by then, okay? I'm YOLOing. I'm joie de vivre-ing. I'm not waiting till 2032 to open, you know, an Italian Barolo. It's all good. It's a wrap. No. Anywho, speaking of wine, I was having this memory of when we used to, you know, gallivant and gather and all of the things. And I really do feel like it's on the horizon. I'm very excited about this summer. I feel like it's going to be the best summer yet. 2021, totally our year. I was listening to my first episode of 2020 where I'm like, 2020 is my fun year. I'm going to like do whatever I want and like go to Paris every weekend and like buy shit and like shove gelato up my asshole and like live, laugh, love. Good times, Jackie. You really, really nailed it on the head. Andrew and I went to this dinner party um, probably like three years ago. Very peripheral, like friends, businessy, high school acquaintances, whatever. I met the wife. The wife fucking hates me. And even though it seems on this podcast that I have a very obscure selective personality, I got to tell you, I'm just going to keep it one hundo. People really fucking like me. I'm kind of a hoot and a half and I'm pretty like light and fluffy and nice. Shockingly. And I don't give a fuck about nice. I'm not saying that to praise myself because nice means nothing to me. All things considered, I'm a pretty easy fucking hang. You know what I mean? When I'm in a a embiotic sack of safety with my loved ones and my nearest and dearest, I'll go all the way the fuck off. You know, I'll have a full episode. But if it's just like an acquaintance, a passerby, I keep it light. I keep it fluffy and borderline jovial. Okay. So this bitch just fucking hates me. She doesn't even know me. She's only seen the tip of the iceberg. She's seen me be nice. Can you imagine? And I know she hates me and she simultaneously, like the juxtaposition of her, like the silent hatred mixed with her trying to crawl up my anal cavity. It's like she didn't like me because I wasn't I wasn't giving her enough or I wasn't like, let's go get a lunch. Like, I like it, I just, I'm a little more guarded at the jump. You know what I mean? And I kind of didn't like her vibe and she didn't like me. So it was just, it's, it is what it is, you know? And she's kind of one of those bitches that's like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. I hate that vibe. My enemies are, are dead bolted in a prison camp somewhere. Okay. And by the way, I don't have any fucking enemies. And if you do, and it's plural, look inward. Because you know who your main enemy is? You. Because you're a cunt. Moving right along. So we end up at this dinner party. And this is the type of bitch who's like, I like an oaky Chardonnay Malactic from Sonoma and a French barrel. Like, every time I've ever seen her, it's just all of the things and the the tasting notes. And mm, this goes great with a fresh pecorino. And I'm like, you're not that fucking fancy. You're wearing wedges to the pool. Don't give me fraudulent sophistication. I don't play that game and I'm wildly, wildly unimpressed by it. So I don't know what your angle is here. I don't know if you think I'm fancy. So you're trying to project your fanciness onto me. I ain't that fucking fancy. Stop it. So we go over to their house for a dinner 
And I don't even know how I ended up there. It was, it was weird. It was unnecessary. We will never return. And they start bringing out these bottles of their special, special wine that they've been saving for our gathering. Okay. And I'm calling bullshit on all of this because you got a crudite in the plastic. You're serving a a crab cream cheese wonton from Kirkland, okay? And putting it with a sprig of parsley, I can sniff out a rat. You got a pre-sliced pepper jack and a pre-sliced salami. Nothing bamboozles this bitch. So don't try me with your wine collection, Then they start busting out the decanters and they're swirling and they're letting it breathe and they're this, that, the other thing. I took a sip. I didn't think it was that fucking good, okay? And they're going on and on about, oh, we went to the travels and while we were in wine country, we picked up a couple vintages that we wanted to share with you, this, that, the other thing. I want to tell you something about me, okay? I'm going to go through your fucking medicine cabinet I'm going to assess your appetizers and I'm also going to place where you got them because if it's from Costco, I don't fucking go to Costco because it gives me spilkus, but I can sniff out a Costco pot sticker because it brings me back to my childhood because nobody appreciated Costco more than my father. Okay, check his freezer. It's every pre-made appetizer that's ever been featured by Costco and then some in bulk. Okay. So I know, I know the Ling Lings, I know the crab cakes, I know the baby quiches, I know the mozzarella sticks, I know the little crab puff, I know it all. I know it all and I know it well. Part of the reason I don't fuck with Costco is probably because my dad would take me and my sister there every single weekend and it was like his version of the French laundry. It was a chef's tasting of all the Kirkland specialties, okay? So in the trenches of this wine tasting at this elegant dinner party with a crab ragu or ragoon or whatever the fuck it's called, I'm just over it. You know, I want a martini, but it doesn't pair with the foods that they've prepared. We're starting with a petite verdot, and then we're moving to a viognier, and then we're going to an, a Napa Chardonnay, half malactic, then we're going to move to a Sangiovese, then a Grenache, then a Cabernet for a wow factor. I started getting a little bored. There was a little bit too much networking going on. I had nothing to provide. I had nothing to say. The people were boring. The food was cold and sodium induced. So I find my way to the kitchen and I start kibitzing with, you know, the people in the kitchen because that's just what I do. I just needed to have a real fucking conversation. You know what I mean? And I notice um, as I throw out my remnants of my crudite, aka pre-sliced <sighs> preservative soaked celery stick with a peel back ranch. I see some of the wine bottles in the frit in the in the trash, excuse me. So I do what I do. I take a picture. And I kind of pilfer around a little bit and I get a picture of all of the labels of all of the wines. And I go up to the hostess and I say, hey, I'm sorry, I need to FaceTime my sister really quick and ask her something. What's your, what's the Wi-Fi password? Then I pop on their Wi-Fi. Then I say, hey, do you mind if I use your restroom for a quick second? They say, sure. It's down the hall to the left. I use the master bathroom. The guest bathroom's taken. I hit up the master bathroom. So I'm in the master bathroom on their Wi-Fi. And you know what I do? I start Googling the bottles of wine because I'm calling bullshit on the fraudulence. When I tell you 
and you can't write this shit. That the piece de resistance, the grand finale, the vintage Cabernet that they've been holding on to since 2012 from their favorite winery is a bottle that is available for purchase at Costco for $11.99. And you can't fucking make this shit up. And it never tasted so good. I start pulling my friends away. I start pulling my husband away. I am like, it's like I was impregnated with joy. I came out of that bathroom with a glimmer in my eye, a sparkle, okay? A zest for the evening that I didn't have when I was walking in. I was so fucking happy to be there. I was swirling. My wrist was sore. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God. God, the notes of raspberry, the subtle inky undertones. This is fabulous. I'm like, where did you, what is this? And she's like, we'll send you a list with the tasting notes after the dinner. And I said, yeah, I bet you will. Memories all alone in the moonlight. I mean, it could bring a tear to my eye. One of my favorite, favorite socialization memories of all fucking time. The moral of this story is if you get bored, pilf around someone's garbage can, take a few photos, hop on their Wi-Fi, do a little Google and call it a damn day. The ultimate party favor. That's all I've got this week. Love you lots. Make sure you give us five stars on iTunes. Follow me at Jackie Schimmel, shadow band queen of the West. And I will talk to you next week. Give it a swirl. Let it breathe.